Just a word about a course that we have coming up, which I wanted to share with you. It's a special course. It's a three-week masterclass with Nataraj. Nataraj, do you want to wave your hand? There he is. There's the man. Um, so it's a teacher training course. So Nataraj has been training yoga teachers for 15 years. And so this is a chance, if you are a yoga teacher, whether you're experienced or you're a beginner, to just kind of raise the bar a little bit on your practice and to be able to take those skills out into wherever you teach. So if you're interested in knowing more about this course, contact um, yoga at theashram.com.au and it's a course that starts on June the 6th and runs for three consecutive weeks. So, Welcome everyone and happy Baba's birthday. I always love Baba's birthday. It was always very festive around Baba and since. He would be 113 today. Exactly the same as my mother who was born two weeks after him. So, welcome. I always like to begin the programs by quoting Baba who always said uh, in Hindi at the beginning of every program, with great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And uh, <coughs> on the occasion of his birthday, a guru pointer, I always do a special thing, which is to go into my secret stash of uh, undigested transcripts of Baba's talks and pick one out. But today is an even more special thing because uh, the other day, somebody sent me a short film clip of Baba, an interview that Baba gave in Sydney in 1974. And it's about four minutes long, and I thought on Baba's birthday we could enjoy it. And if you're very eagle-eyed, you might see a young person there in a cameo in the audience. So uh, let's watch that now. This is Baba being interviewed by the ABC, I think, in Sydney during his seven, 1974 tour of Australia. Uh, and uh, uh, Professor Jane is the translator. Sita is a supreme master. You know, being a Swami is just like taking a, a formal vow of renunciation and deciding to live that life. But a Siddha is the state you get into when you've completed all your, your vows, when they've all come to fruition and you've realized what has to be realized. And so there are very few Siddhas but many Swamis. The fundamentals are the power of the Siddhas, the realized beings, and the Kundalini. Uh, and the grace of a Siddha. Oh, Siddha ke upper loka hai. Us loka sehata ho Siddha ki krupa. And there is a separate world 
the world of Siddhas, which is situated above. Manushak, and a, a Siddha derives his power of grace from that world. And if uh, a seeker were to receive a Siddha's grace, he would not have to learn yoga. It will come to him of itself. And it's not just one yoga which will come to him. In fact, uh, all the four major yogas will come to him. Raj Yoga, Mantra Yoga, Hatha Yoga, uh, and Lai Yoga. Our Katina Sabi Katina Yoga, Sulabhojata Siddha Krapasi. And by the grace of a Siddha, even the most difficult yoga becomes easy. Our Manushumekman Shakti, and there is a, a great Shakti or divine energy living within ma man that's called Kundalini. Oh, Siddha Krapa Siddhagurti. And it uh, awakes by a Siddha's grace. Has Baba any special message for the young people of Australia who are going to be watching this program? Well, then, you look at this program, you can see that 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 you can आप में आपों के आपका वो दिव्य शक्ति अंदर नहीं तय उसको देख के अपने को बदल ले वो And my special message to all the young people of not only Australia but of the whole world is meditate on yourself, kneel to yourself, honor and worship yourself because the divine uh, energy, the divine shakti uh, lives within you as you and by a direct experience of uh, the divinity lying uh, dormant within you, you, know, you should uh, be able to transform yourself. And I, I also say that uh, the greatness you know, which was achieved by the greatest saints uh, uh, of uh, all countries uh, can also be achieved by uh, every one of you because that greatness dwells within every one of you. Nice images, no? <clears throat> In honor of Baba's birthday, we're going to show some some uh, Baba videos tomorrow morning. Is that right? In the morning? So you can find out about that later. <clears throat> I remember that interview, actually. <clears throat> so uh, as I said, th I found a transcript from Baba's third world tour. Uh, and this is from a question answer and satsang that Baba gave in Miami, Florida on April 12th, 1980. So it was about six years after that. <clears throat> and Baba starts by saying, Sadhguru Nath Maharaj Kije, and then Sabko Bharisan Manekisad, Pem Sayadik Swagat, with great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. I say this every day, 
As long as you don't welcome your own self, you can never become happy. When a person sees his own self, when a person perceives his own self, he becomes completely happy. Therefore, Shaivism says, wherever the mind goes, God stands revealed there. However, we do not know how to perceive him. For this reason, we should learn how to see him. Today, there was a beautiful story. This is <laughs> Pavatel's very funny story. Must have uh, uh, he saw that day in the newspaper. <clears throat> Today, there's a beautiful story that appeared in the newspaper. A person should remain in good company. A person should keep good company. A person should have high thoughts, and a person should have sublime thoughts about himself. Once there was a person, a thief who stole parrots. <laughs> One day the thief went to a priest's house. The parrot was so beautiful and it could speak. He told the priest, let me have your parrot just for a while. I want to show it to my daughter who is lame and she can't walk. She is in the car. I want to show it to her. He took the parrot, sat in the car, and then he just went. Probably <laughs> made may have made up the details here. I don't know. <clears throat> the, this is the famous parrot thief of Southern Florida. It was a legend. He was a thief who stole parrots. The priest was still standing there, and he saw the plate, and he wrote down the number. This is not a Sheikh Nasruddin story, Baba says. <laughs> it's a fresh story. It only happened two days ago. Immediately, the priest called the policeman, and he gave the license number to them. The policeman had the numbers, so they caught the thief. They went to his house. I googled this, by the way, to see if <laughs> No success. I need one of the young people who are brilliant at uh, searching the internet. They went to his house. In his house, there were 12 parrots. <laughs> parrot, he's making a lot of money on those parrots. The policeman did not know which parrot belonged to the priest. So one of the policemen began to walk before each parrot, <laughs> saying, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> the priest parrot said, Oh, Lord, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Immediately, the policeman caught the thief and the parrot. He took the parrot and gave it to the priest. He took the thief and put him in jail. <laughs> the point of saying this is to bring home the point of the result of good company, <laughs> the result of learning wisdom. The parrot said, praise the Lord. That's exactly what the priest used to say. So the parrot studied that and learned it very well. Therefore, a person should keep good company. <laughs> and should study scriptures and should have high thoughts about himself. The result of good company will never be bad. <clears throat> Bobby used to emphasize that, and it's completely true. 
So much depends on company. Baba says, I read a story of Swami Ramatirth, who was a great being. Uh, he wrote a story about a palace of mirrors. And this is one of Baba's favorite stories. Ramatirth was one of the first yogis who traveled in the West around the turn of the 20th century. Uh, and uh, he'd been a mathematician. And then he became a yogi and uh, became a great being. <clears throat> he wrote a story about a palace of mirrors. Once a king bought a palace of mirrors, built a palace of mirrors, and it was for the public, not just to stay there, it was open to everyone. A wise person entered the room. When he looked to the side, he saw himself in the mirror. When he saw the other side, he saw himself in the mirror. On this side himself, above himself, down himself, he said to himself, I permeate everywhere. <laughs> he's, he's a wise person, so that proves that he, the self is everywhere. The palace was made of pieces of mirrors, so there are millions of pieces of mirrors. He looked everywhere. He said, I am thousands of me. I am everywhere. I am so many. He continued to contemplate this and left the palace. After he left, the door was open and the dog entered the room. As it entered the room, it saw itself there and he thought it was another dog. So he did that. And then the note says, Baba makes a kind of barking sound. <laughs> when he saw the other side, he did that. The same thing again. When it looked up, he saw there was another dog up there. So he began to bark once again. The dog got incredibly mad. He looked down, once again he saw that there was another dog because there was a mirror. He began to fight with all those dogs. He was one and thousands of other dogs were fighting with him. But it was his own reflection. It kept barking and barking. And it kept jumping up and down and this side and that side. And finally it finished its journey. It was all over. It died. <laughs> Baba, Baba tells the story many times. He says he fell down in fright and died. And Baba says, so each person finds himself in this predicament. We're all in this predicament. Shaivism says everything is our own reflection. The universe is nothing but the mirror of consciousness, the reflection of consciousness. I'm going to talk about this in depth in the coming intensive. But I'm, not, I'm going to start speaking about it little by little. However, I'll keep the important part just for the intensive. Anyhow, we see our own reflection everywhere. So whatever you see, whatever there is, is your own reflection. This is philosophy. This is scripture. It is the truth. Wherever the mind goes, it is consciousness which supports this movement. For example, if you want to drive the car, you need the solid ground underneath it. The car can't fly. In the same way, consciousness supports the current of the mind. So just as the car goes on the ground, the mind is supported by consciousness. Wherever the mind goes, it is right above Shiva, right above consciousness, because Shiva, or consciousness, is the support of the mind. Really speaking, in many forms, it is that one which pervades everywhere. The Upanishads say, there is one fire which pervades all objects. 
It is in each object according to the quality, according to the size of that object. The speech has the element of fire because the tongue illumines words. The fire lives in the tongue in its own form and is also in that, and is also in wood in a different form. In the stomach, fire digests all our food in a different form. Just as fire pervades each object on this earth, however, it is inherent in each object according to its own form. In the same way, the same self permeates everyone and everything. It is in man and it is in woman according to their own form. Therefore, I always welcome everyone with respect. I already told you that the universe is a mirror of consciousness. You continue to wander and wander in this mirror, and in the end, we attain our own self after all. Mullah Nasruddin's son was eating marshmallows one day. Or I should say Mullah Nasruddin's son was eating marshmallows one day. Now he's switching to a Nasruddin story. While he was eating, there was a pot which contained water, and the marshmallow fell into the water. He went there, the sun, and he looked for it, and he couldn't find it. When he looked in the pot, he saw a face in the water. The son went to the house saying, Daddy, Daddy, there's somebody inside the pot, and he ate my candy. <laughs> he really ate my candy. So Mullah Nasruddin went there and looked inside. There was a man inside. He had a long beard and a turban. <laughs> he said, oh, elderly man, you're old enough. You're eating the candy of a small child. Nasruddin was speaking to his own reflection. In his, to his own reflection, this is how the world is. You see your own reflection everywhere. Learn this. The entire world is the celestial garden of God. Now your questions. Good, no? <clears throat> okay, these are some questions that day. A person named Draupadi. My husband wants to ask this question to Baba. If the self, God, is inside me, why am I not aware of it? The husband who's not there is that, tells the wife to ask Baba. Baba says, tell him to come here and ask the question. <laughs> this is not a question that you tell somebody else to ask. Tell him to come here. There are so many diseases inside you. Are you aware of them? You have to go to a doctor so he can detect them. Tell him that. Everything else is fine. <laughs> Another question. When I see what is creating my suffering, how do I get the power to stop creating it? So the person sees that the world is a reflection, so it creates his own suffering. Baba says, you have to go through the pain that comes to you. No one can stop it. Suffering comes according to your fate, and you have to experience it. However, if you meditate more and more, you will attain a state of witness consciousness. In that state, you can watch pain and suffering without being affected by them. Meditate very well, and you can attain that state. Pain and pleasure will always exist. They are included 
in this creation. There will always be opposites. The brother of happiness is pain, and the brother of virtue is vice. In every field, there are pairs of opposites, and the world is created in those opposites. If opposites did not exist in this world, the sages would have written, eat a lot, drink a lot, make merry a lot, indulge your senses a lot, get married over and over again. <laughs> they would have told you that they would have told you that. Instead, they tell us to restrain our senses. We feel they've written advice contrary to our best interests, but it's not so. They've written the right thing. They experienced everything and found the truth, and that is why they wrote what they did. Once there was a man who became very aware before he died. On his deathbed, he spoke a few intelligent words. He said, I thought I enjoyed all the pleasures but now I find I did not enjoy anything. Those pleasures have enjoyed me. I used to think my thirst and my cravings would become weak and leave me, but instead they have made me weak. I used to think I was spending time, but now I know that time has been spending me. Baba says, when you're dying, what will you think about? Think about your final days. What's going to happen at the end? Make your life better now and be happy. Have all the good things for your children and enjoy all the pleasures in this material world, but understand that there's more to life. You have to do something more, and that is to attain the inner self. Once you attain that state, then your death dies, not you. Become absorbed, becoming absorbed in this worldly life do not lose yourself. You should not die. Your death should die. Bring death to your death. Have fun in this life and be happy, but along with that, have a lot of faith in your inner self. <clears throat> a couple more. Show one. That's a wonderful answer, isn't it? Profound. <clears throat> Question. If I use the mantra Om Namah Shivaya, is it important for me to study Indian mythology and the literature about Shiva? Now, this is in Miami in, America, in the US. Uh, so do I have to understand uh, Indian culture and so on? Baba says, it's not necessary. You do not need the knowledge of Shiva, but to become one with Shiva, it is not necessary to depend on no, sorry. He says, you do need the, the knowledge of Shiva. But to become one with Shiva, it's not necessary to depend on Indian mythology. <clears throat> or he, he is Shiva, who exists everywhere, within everything, at all times, and who dwells within everyone in the form of consciousness. So Shiva is consciousness, this consciousness that exists everywhere. The meaning of Shiva doesn't change when translated into the French language. It remains the same. What do you call water in French? In Hindi, we call it Pani. <laughs> oh, hello. <clears throat> Even though we use a different word in Hindi, still the water is the same as it in France. We know that in France, the water is better. <clears throat> Therefore, when we say Shiva, 
we are not referring to any individual being. Shiva is that consciousness dwelling within everything. Shiva is the doer of everything. He is the self of all. He exists within and without. Without knowledge of him, this appears to be a mere world. With knowledge of him, this world appears as God. <clears throat> and finally, Baba, please tell us more about the meaning of Om Namah Shivaya. Of course, Om Namah Shivaya is Baba's initiating mantra. <clears throat> Baba says, Om Namah Shivaya means supreme truth, everlasting peace, divine power. In the Shiva Purana, there is a long dialogue between the great sage Upamanyu and Lord Krishna about the importance of Om Namah Shivaya. If I were to tell you all that is written there, it would take me at least two hours a day for the next two months. <clears throat> Shiva is the same as the Supreme Guru, the Lord, the highest Guru, consciousness. His form consists of Satchitananda, existence, consciousness, and bliss. Sat, or being, Sat is the being who never changes, remains the same in all places, at all times, and in all forms. The being who is pure, who never alters, even while dwelling in circumstances that keep on changing, decaying, and dying. And this true being dwells in all of you, in me and in every creature. <clears throat> so Satchitananda is a way of describing the divine. It, it is, it bees, it be, and it is, Isness or beingness is always the same. Different things might exist, but existence itself is the sat aspect. And then there's the chit aspect, or the conscious aspect. Baba says, when Shiva is chitti, the consciousness that illumines everything, <clears throat> when Shiva is chitti, he's the consciousness that illumines everything. So the awareness. And then there's the ananda, or the bliss, the feeling aspect of bliss. Baba says, he's throbbing in the heart as bliss. So this supreme Shiva is a goal of Om Namah Shivaya. In another aspect, Shiva is presented as the destroyer. He destroys all the sins and impurities of those who repeat his name with Om Namah Shivaya. Shiva is the being who puts an end to all our inner changes. He is the supremely quiescent being. In him there is no such thing as the universe. Shiva is without any support. All of us have to depend on some support or other, but Shiva does not depend on any other factor. He is always supremely free and effulgent. They, they uh, talk in uh, Western philosophy of the unmoved mover, the uncaused causer. The, the unmoved mover means the first cause. You can, you can go back and back seeing that this cause was caused by that and that and finally get to the end of it and there's something that was never caused, is not created. There's no, nowhere back behind that. So Shiva is the first cause. Shiva is the primary thing. Uh, he has no support. 
He is the support of everything, but nothing supports him, means he's the first, first cause or divine consciousness. He's supremely free and effulgent. He's always sparkling and shining from within. This is the meaning of Om Namah Shivaya. So when we say Om Namah Shivaya, we, we're calling on that power within our own self, the truest self. And you know he's referring to different meanings of Shiva, because Shiva appears as the, the dancing Shiva there, and Shiva the yogi, and Shiva in the form of the Shiva Lingam. But Shiva is also universal consciousness. And so uh, when we when we do Om Namah Shivaya, we're referring to that essence, that divine essence within every person. And it's a determination to discover that essence, to experience that essence, and to live from the point of view of that essence. Not from the point of view of our superficial personality, or of our ego personality, or of our petty wants and desires, or from the point of view of our opinions and our beliefs, but from the point of view of the essence of who we really are. And it's, we, each of us has that essence, and that essence is full of consciousness and full of joy and full of peace. That essence is not afraid and not lacking in anything. It's fully contented and fully joyous. And we can attain that essence through meditation, through self-inquiry, and through these means. And that's why we celebrate the great beings like Baba. So, <clears throat> we're going to meditate. But before that, because it's Baba's birthday, uh, we're going to uh, do the Guru's Stotram, which is um, a, a collection of uh, 13 of the verses from the, the Guru Gita. So it only takes a couple of minutes. And... Uh, do we have that up on the on the? Can we put that up there? Oh, got handouts. Okay, we'll hand them out. <clears throat> In honor of Baba's birthday, and also we were going to do some mantras because of uh, the terrible situation around the world, especially in India. And so instead of those mantras, we'll do we'll call on the guru. <clears throat> we used to chant the Guru Gita every morning. Does everyone have? Every morning in the in the Ash, Baba's ashram, uh, it's much longer. It's 180 verses, and this is just 13, but they're very good verses. And they say that even one word of a scripture gives you the full benefit. So this is a Reader's Digest poem. So in honor of Baba, let's uh, let's chant the Guru's Stotram. Say it again. Um, the oh, the Yeah, it doesn't matter. Let's do it that way. Okay. It's all right to say that verse twice. It's a good verse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
Meditate now for 10 minutes. 